0: We sense your spirit, and God, we, we sense your presence, Lord, right now. We ask that you continue to minister to our hearts. As, God, you have brought us before you in your throne room, and God, we just want to hear from you tonight. So I pray, Lord, that you would speak through your word, and I pray that you would use this time for us to grow closer to you, God. Help our minds not to be distracted. Help us to be connected to you right now, Lord. And God, let us have an open heart to all that you want to say to us. So Lord, anoint this time with your spirit, God. Give us ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Thank you, Lord. We give you this time. In your name we pray, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 All right. I read about this man who was talking story with his neighbor and... Uh, he was telling him how he just bought this new hearing aid and it cost him $4,000. Well, the neighbor said, Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I would say so. And the man said, Yeah, I know it's a lot of money, but it's state of the art, latest technology, and it works incredibly. Really wondered the neighbor, What kind is it? The man said, 1230. Yes, the hearing aid isn't that good, huh? <laughs> well, you know what? In a similar way, some have problems with their spiritual hearing, hearing from Jesus. We may have ears, but sometimes we don't have ears to hear what God is really telling us, and 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 it really comes out. It's evident on the spiritual fruit in our lives. So tonight in our Bible study, Jesus gives the proof when a person really has those ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And that's the title of our message tonight. The proof you really hear. The proof you really hear. We're going to be studying Luke chapter 8 from verse 16 through 21 tonight. 16 through 21. And Jesus really presents three things here. Number one, the shining life is proof. The sincere life is another proof. And the submitted life is another proof. So let's begin with number one, the shining life. The shining life. And here, if you're taking notes, it's verse 16. We're going to be just looking at that in this sec- first section. And so let's, let's begin here Luke chapter 8, verse 16. It says, No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. And we'll stop right there. Now, we begin here with Jesus continuing to teach. Now, last time, if you are with us, you remember we looked at the parable of the sower. I titled our message last time, Sowing Seed in the Soil of the Heart. And in that parable, we saw four types of ground, didn't we? We saw the first of all, some of the seed the sower sold fell on hard ground, which represented our hard heart, where the word just bounced off the hard heart. And we never received, the, the word wasn't received in the heart. The second type of ground was a rocky ground. You remember that? That was the shallow heart. The seed went in, it penetrated the soil, but because it was a rocky ground, it, it, was, it didn't go deep. It sprouted up, but soon withered away. And even in another parable, both talks about when the sun came out. The third type of ground, if you remember, was a thorny ground, right? There was thorns, weeds in there, and it choked out the seed. And that represented really the strangled heart. So we had a hard heart, shallow heart, and the strangled heart where the cares and riches of this world and all. Strangled uh, the word and effectiveness of the word in the heart. And lastly, the seed fell on a fourth type of ground. And that was the good ground, which was the good heart, which brought great fruit. Just like the seed that fell on a good ground, it multiplied a hundredfold. There's this bumper harvest that happened. So after talking about that parable now, Jesus moves on into this picture of a lamp. So this is this idea of this lamp. Now, remember, there was no electricity back then. And so what they would do is they would actually, for a lamp, they would have this small clay kind of flat kind of pitcher that holds olive oil. And you can see a picture of it there on your screen right now. I kind of think of it, it looks like a gravy boat, sort of, you know, one of those things you have at Thanksgiving, you pour on your mashed potatoes and and turkey. But that was what they had for a lamp. So it uh, it was a small little thing, held the oil wick, and you light it, and that was your lamp at night. So here's Jesus. Jesus is saying now, no one, verse 16, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under the bed. So why would anyone, he's saying, cover the lamp, that lamp you can see, right, with a jar, like taking a big clay jar and covering it, right? You light it and cover it, that makes no sense. Or he's saying, like, why would you even put it under your bed? Now, back then, they didn't really have a bed bed, they had like a mat you know, or something that would lay on the floor. And I was thinking, well, is it covering? The mat is covering the lamp? So does that mean it's like extinguishing it? So why would anyone even want to extinguish the lamp that they just lit, right? No, the idea is to light the lamp, right? Right. And to, he says in verse 6, put it on a stand so all those who enter may see the light. So it would light the room, that it would be useful in lighting up the darkness in that room. And that everyone would use that light and see the light coming from that lamp. So that's a basic thought here, what Jesus is talking about with this lamp. So what I want to share, give you is two things that Jesus wants you to know through this. There's two things. The number one is this. The Christian life is not designed to be a secret. The Christian life is not designed to be a secret. Now, think about this for a moment. Jesus gives this analogy, he, Jesus gives this picture to us right after the parable of the sowers. And you know what he's talking about? He's talking about those who responded to the word, bringing forth spiritual fruit. So he's saying, it, basically in context, this Jesus is saying, believers cannot help but show that God is in their life, that Jesus is in their life. I mean, you're you're not gonna like come to God and receive the word and, and be all for the Lord and then hide that light. So the Christian life is not this uh designed to be a secret. That's that's what he's attaching it to as he comes into this next section is the parable of the source. So the person where the word lands on their heart and brings a good harvest, right? They're not just going to hide what God has done in their life. They're not just going to hide what the Word of God has done in their life. The other day, I was driving down the mountain, and this cop car drove drove past me. I was in a slow lane, taking my time, and he drove right past me. And at first, I didn't see him. I mean, usually, I'm kind of wary of Romero, who's ahead. But all of a sudden, this car goes past me. But when he passed me, I knew it was a cop car, because a police car, actually... Because um, even though there was no indication, the only indication is, well, two things that I usually see is it's a Ford Crown Victoria. I mean, who buys that car, right? You know, and secondly, right there on the driver's side and dash is a big spotlight, right? And and the windows are tinted and everything. So, you know, oh, this is one of those, what, unmarked cars, right? Police car, unmarked police cars. Um, because who drives those kind of cars anyway? So I don't know why. I mean, they might as well just put police on there. No, just joking. But it, it, it's it's most likely a police car, unless right. Sometimes you you see one of the um, police old police cars that have been auctioned off, right? <laughs> and you see one driving by, and go oh I'm, oh no, that that someone bought that. You know, it's pretty like Maui Cruiser type of car, right? But you understand, right? These guys, the police, they'll drive in the unmarked cars, right? So they can catch people by sneaking up to them. You don't know that they're actually, you know, police officers in there from far away. Well, in a similar way, Jesus is saying, look, you know, there uh, there are Christians who think it's okay to live their lives without letting others know, but uh, when they're actually believers. Jesus is saying, why would you do that? Why would you put a jar over your light? Why would you put it under your bed and extinguish it? No, why would you do that? Jesus is basically saying there's no undercover Christians. There should be no such thing. Real believers, real hearers, real believers are real hearers and cannot help but show that Jesus is in their life. That's the basic idea. We have the Word of God, it's changed us, it's transformed us. And we have that light now shining in us, the light of the truth of God now. And that changes us. There's fruit coming out. Why, why would we hide that? You know, Jesus won't change us just for us to hide that. So, number one, the Christian life is not designed to be a secret. But number two, on the other hand, the Christian life should be the shining life in a darkened world. And that's what really Jesus is saying, right? I mean, he says here, if you take note, verse 16, he says, you know, you don't do... Why would you hide your life, but you would put it on a stand, you'll show it, right? So that those who enter may see the light. So the Christian life should be the, shi- the shiny life in a darkened world. So the idea is we're shining that truth of God about Jesus. You know what I was thinking about when Thomas Edison put... That electrical current through the carbon filament in the oxygen-free bulb, the first light bulb was born. What if he kept it to himself? Ah, this is just for me, no one else, right? Today we we would not have lights at the flick of a switch, right? We wouldn't have that. Matter of fact, with the light bulb, invention of the light bulb, we things are brighter now in the dark, right? And we can see more. So without his invention, we'll still be living more or less in a darkened world. So God is calling us to not hide, to let the light shine, to let the truth of God, the truth of Jesus shine out as we are true hearers of the gospel. Let me ask you this, do you bring that light out? Do you, or are you kind of oh, all kind of ashamed about it? Why? We shouldn't be. We have the answer of people's problems, right? People are living in darkness, and some people are really suffering in that darkness, and we have that answer. We have the truth right here, and the Word of God has come into our lives and lit our hearts up. The truth of the light of Jesus is, is right here, and it's lit our heart, hearts up, up so that There's a flame burning in us. Check your heart today. Check the fruit. Is there fruit coming out? See, if you really have a good heart with good ground, you know what? You'll want to shine that light. That light will come out. So, what I was thinking, sometimes we can get lazy about shining that light. We can can be maybe holding back rather than being bold about Jesus Christ in our life and what the Word of God has done. So, number one is this. The proof you really hear is the shining life. The proof that you're really hearing and receiving the Word of God is the shining life. Number two, we come to the sincere life. The sincere life. So, this is verse 17 and 18. First of all, let's take a look at verse 17. Verse 17. It says here, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Here, Jesus brings up this word, uses this word, for nothing is hidden. The word hidden in the uh, Greek is actually the Greek word crypto, like cryptic, or something that's purposely concealed. Uh, nothing is hidden, he's saying, that will not be, eventually be made manifest or made visible, made clear. And then whatever is hidden or nor is anything secret, that will be made known and come to the light or be exposed. So Jesus gives the idea here now that that eventually people will know. Time will tell the true condition of your heart. Now think about this. Jesus gave this parable about the sower and landed on different hearts, right? And, and a lot of times we don't know exactly what's going on in the heart. We really don't. Only God knows truly. But what we can see is the evidence, the outward evidence, the fruit in one's life. And that will give us the proof of what kind of soil their heart is. So Jesus is basically saying here, look, you know what? Eventually, what's hidden what, what's inside the heart it's going to be made manifest it's going to come out it's going to come to the light it's going to be exposed so time will tell what's really going on in the heart. time will tell the condition of the heart. time will tell that soil of the heart that and we will see what's inside someone's heart there you know I was thinking about that usually that will happen when Troubles come, right? I mean, think about the, the rocky ground, you know. Remember, we talked about the motion in that. Oh, for joy, they, Jesus said, they sprout up and everything. But then soon the motion dies out and they're gone. Yeah? When that joy is gone, when the feeling has gone, when, when you're in sorrow, then oh, forget it, I'm not going to follow God. Or think about the, the the thorny ground soil, right? The, the, the thorny ground or, or the strangled heart, right? When the cares, the riches, right? The things of this world start to choke out the word that was planted in there. And so the weeds came up with the wheat and it choked out the nutrients. And so the wheat shriveled up. There was no fruit, right? There was no fruit came out. So think about what Jesus is saying here. Eventually, it's going to come out. What kind of soil that heart is? How, the effect of the seed of the Word of God on the heart. You know, I was thinking about many times. Yeah, I'm I'm pressed down. I'm I'm stressed. There's trouble. There's things rolling around in uh, my mind and. And, and a lot of times I, the Holy Spirit brings to my mind the second verse of this old worship song. I don't know if you guys remember this, but that worship song called Your Love is All That I Need. Your love is all that I need. And the second verse, it, it always had spoken to me and it sticks in my mind. It says, the second verse goes like this. Jesus, you know what's inside of my heart when I am coming apart at the seams. That's when my true colors come shining through and I know that you are the one for me you know when those problems comes that's when the true colors come out right how we respond how we react how how naturally we're going to come out you know it's i mean we can put on the good times when we're feeling good we can put on that face we can put on that show but when the, when the rubber meets the road in those hard times that's when the real real you come out but that's what jesus is like talking about here look You know what's hidden? It's going to come out. You know what's in secret there in the heart? It's going to be made known. It's going to come to light. You're going to see the fruit eventually. Then he says in verse 18, Take care then, how you, notice, here, For to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even that what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So, Jesus is saying, you know, it's important that you hear, that you really hear what he's teaching here, what he's really showing you here. It's important to basically hear and then respond to what Jesus is saying. And then he says, because of this, for whoever uh, has, for to the one who has more will be given. What is he saying? Well, Whoever has more, more is going to be given. In other words, whoever has the the seed of the word of God sprouting in their life, you know what? God's going to give you more of that word. So more growth, more change is going to come. More, More effectiveness will happen and transformation will happen in your life. So you'll find more fruit basically abounding. You'll have that hundredfold of the harvest. There'll be a spiritual change and growth going on. But in contrast, he says in verse 18, And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So the the seed that fell on the shallow ground, the seed that fell on that rocky ground, basically they're going to lose what they have. That's what Jesus is saying. the, The seed that fell on the rocky ground sprouted with joy and then what? withered away. Nothing there, right? The seed that fell on that thorny ground, the strangled heart, right? The cares and world stuff came in, got distracted. And what happened? Well, that didn't last too long. They got strangled there. There wasn't a lot of fruit. So the idea here is real hearers of the word have lasting fruit. And those who don't really hear, there's no lasting fruit. That's the basic idea. You see how Jesus is connecting all of this? Those who hear, right? Look up at uh, verse 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 8. remember where he said, And some fell on good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Look at verse 8. And as he said this, these things he called out what? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So connect verse 8 to what he just said in verse 18. Take care then how you hear. So you see how he's stitching this all together here. And right now he's talking about, look, we got to have a sincere heart here. We got to be real here. We got to be genuine and take in the word. And what's going to happen when you do, when you really hear, when you're not just, oh, yeah, yeah, emotionally taking it, or yeah, 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 or the word is great, but still being distracted by the cares and riches and material things of the world. You say, look, you got to really hear, take in the word, respond in the right way here. So Jesus makes this point here in these two verses. The proof you really hear is a light that continues to grow and uh, uh, continues to grow and grow closer to God. The proof you really hear is a life that continues to grow and you grow closer to God. The idea is there's spiritual fruit going on. That's the idea. And you know what? That's something for us to search our hearts with. Is there spiritual fruit going on? Is there a change in our life? Are we continually growing are we really responding to the Word of God, allowing that to make those changes in our life? Are we, are, we really, or are, we just, are we withering away? Are we not really growing? Is there not fruit coming out of our lives? I mean, I like to think that, that that's happening in my life. I like to think, okay, God, I am growing, I'm getting better, I'm handling my trials better, I'm handling my problems better, I'm loving better, I'm forgiving better, I'm giving grace better, I'm growing in these areas, and I feel like I'm getting closer to you. Matthew Henry said, spiritual growth consists most in the growth of the root, which is out of sight. I like that. That made me even think more, not just the this this these certain fruits of the Spirit are certain fruits, but that you know my roots are going deeper into God and I'm getting closer and being more connected to Him. I can hear Him better. I sense Him more. Whenever we worship or pray, I'm I'm right there. It's not like I gotta wait for the third song until okay. I feel like I'm there with the Lord, you know. It's like, no, I'm already connected. From the first song, oh, yeah, praise you, Jesus. Oh, I feel your spirit, you know. I mean, I want my roots to go down deep, not have the shallow roots, yeah, that that the rocky ground heart has, right? Where where oh there's a lot of emotions and feelings, but when things go bad, oh forget it now. You know, you're kinda not with God. No. I want my roots to be deep down that no matter what my my faith is in God. No matter if I don't understand, I'm trusting in him. No matter what, God, I'm I want to be there, right there with you and my roots keep going deeper and deeper. That's that's what I want. I love that quote that Matthew Henry said. So here's Jesus, the proof you're really hearing the word, that you're really responding and taking in the word, and that seed of the word is 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 growing and bringing forth root root a uh, 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 fruit. Is that your life continues to grow and you grow closer to God? So let's respond now. When we're in the word like tonight, let's res- respond in what Jesus is saying. Let's take these things and not say ah. Uh, yeah, I remember this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for something else. Yeah, no, we're here tonight for a reason. We're connected online, or you're here in this room tonight, and we happen to be in this passage because God wants you to hear, because God is speaking. So we need to respond, take these things in, search our heart. Maybe your roots are deep, but maybe God is calling you. Let's go deeper. Maybe you said, "Ah, oh, I'm I'm pretty good here," and maybe you are pretty good with the Lord. But God is saying, "No, let's go deeper." Maybe the Lord is challenging you right now, and He challenged you last week with the parable of the sword. But now, he's, now He's saying, "Come on, let's 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 get more. Let's 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 get deeper into this. I want that good heart. I want the Word to to come and change you." And you know what will happen as you receive the Lord as you start to grow as there are more fruit and transformation in your life, as you get closer and closer to God, you know what? You're gonna see God in a more clear and clear way. That's what's gonna happen. I, I have I as I've grown, you know, in the Lord, um, I received Jesus, when I was 14 years old. And, and I remember all the motion and everything. I remember going through a kind of a, a dry time, but I know God was testing my faith. Like, like, do I really believe what I believe or is it just based on emotions, right? And I remember going through, but every step, every every time I grow, I seem to see God in greater ways. And in those ways, like I talked about last um weekend on sunday you know like the character of god is speaking to me more i'm i'm starting to see god more clear in my vision it's not as dark and and that's helping me and i feel like my roots are going deeper i feel like i'm seeing god in greater ways and that's what the word does here that's what happens when we get deeper we see this picture of god in the word get clear and clear. You know, I, I really love this. There's, there's, a, there's that series of book, books by uh, C.S. Lewis called Chronicles of Narnia, right? You guys know that. Disney made some movies out of that, right? Well, in the second book called Prince Caspian, Lucy, uh, uh, the character there, she meets Aslan. And we know Aslan is, represents Jesus in those books or in the movie. And Lucy sees Aslan after a little while, and there's been some time, He sees Aslan, and Lucy makes a comment and, and tells Aslan, you look bigger. Well, Aslan replies and says, that is because you are older, little one. Lucy says, not because you are. And Aslan says, I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. I love that. That's that idea as we grow our roots deeper, as, as part of the crops and the harvest of the hundredfold of the seed that grows, is we see God in greater ways. And so do you understand now when, when Jesus says, look, it, it's all going to come out, you know. It's, uh, you're you're, you're, you're going to, um, uh, what kind of soil you have, and that's that fruit. But do you see what, what he means? So, so he says, take care of you here. You know, to, to one who has more is going to be given. That's the the point here. That's the idea. The proof you really hear is a life that continues to grow and grow closer to God. So I hope you all will be getting a clear view of God And your roots will get deeper. For that's the proof you really hear. The shining light, the sincere light. And now let's go to number three, the submitted light. The submitted life. And this is our last section from verse 19 through 21. But first of all, look at verse 19 and 20. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. Now this is an interesting situation that has come up. At this point, now Jesus is teaching and someone says, "Hey, your your mother and your brothers are they're, they're they're here. They want to see you and we know who they are, right? His mother's Mary and his brothers or stepbrothers, right? They've come and um, um we we know that there's like James and uh, Judas, a couple of them and um, there's there's an idea, too, in some other scripture that he even has sisters. But here, here's some of the brothers. Maybe it was James and... Uh, 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 Ju- uh, yeah. Is it Judas? Judas. Jude. Jude. Excuse me. Jude. And and so we know that Mary had other kids, so they're the stepbrothers. And take note, that doesn't mean... That shows that Mary wasn't this perpetual virgin, Right? um uh, but here they're come his family is here but because of the crowd you know remember this whole crowd was following him and pressed in and there's all around he's teaching they couldn't get get near jesus so someone's like hey your mom your brothers they're over there they're they're standing over here out there outside the crowd they want to they want to see you now it seems like these two verses it's a nice gesture. Oh, look, you know, the mom and the brothers here, families here come to see. But they were actually here because they were embarrassed about Jesus. Uh, turn over to, uh, to the left to Mark chapter 3. Turn to Mark chapter 3. And you get a little more insight here on what's happening and what Mark wrote. Mark chapter 3. And look at Verse 21. Verse 21. And uh, you kind of get an idea of what's inside them. In verse 21, it says, And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. So it's believed that... Most likely, Mary's probably okay. Maybe Mary's worried for Jesus because he's doing a lot of ministry. A lot of the crowds are pressing in. And, you know, the disciples and Jesus, they didn't even have hardly any time to eat and rest. So it's believed that, well, Mary, probably Mary's okay, but she's there maybe trying to get him away for rest. But the brothers actually were thinking, he's crazy. He thinks he's the Messiah. What is he doing? Going around teaching, speaking for God, Right. So they, it's believed they came in in Luke here chapter eight to come and grab him, take him home. They want to bring him home, like oh, get him away from all this. Oh, oh, people are talking about him now. Even the religious leaders, they're like wondering, they're not, they're down on him actually. Oh, he's so embarrassing to us, to our family. You know, oh, dishonor, dishonor to your family. No, but uh, but you, you understand, they're like oh oh, what's what's oh, oh no, we we got. So that was the real reason that they were there to get him away from the ministry. So back to Luke chapter 8. So they're there. Hey, your mom, your brothers are here. They, you know, they're outside. They're desiring to see you. But look at verse 21 now. Luke eight twenty-one. But Jesus, now he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who, what? Hear the word of God and do it. Once again, we see the word here, attaching it to verse 8 earlier in this chapter, and again in what we saw in verse 18. Isn't that interesting? So here, the, the, the mom and the brothers, they come, but Jesus knows why the family came, but you know what, he took this opportunity really to just say, you know what, you know what, it really is about to be part of the family of God, to be a part of my family. Hey, Jesus, your family is there. Well, let me tell you what it really means to be part of the family of God, my family. It's those who hear the Word of God and what? Do it. Not just hear it, but do it. Those who have ears to hear, right? Hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't just hear, but hear it as God speaking. Jesus is saying, in other words, look, my closest relationships are with those who really hear and respond to the word in obedience. Those who submit themselves to the word of God. This is the submitted life. That's the fruit. That's, what, that's the evidence. That's the, the proof. Kent Hughes wrote in his commentary, God's word demands more than listening. It demands doing. That's why I challenge you guys tonight. Don't just sit there. Let the Word speak to your heart. Let, let what God is telling you tonight. He's been speaking to you. Maybe it's not specifically in the passage right now. Maybe it's something you've been reading this week. Maybe it's, it was in your devotions this week. And maybe even, yeah, you hear it, but are you really doing something about it? That's what God is saying here. Are we really submitting ourselves to what God wants us to do? That's what it comes down to, right? When we do, it's submitting. I mean, we know James one twenty two says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, right? If we just think, oh, we, we could just be hearers only. I'm okay. I heard God speak but do nothing and we think we're okay. You're deceiving yourself. But no, to obey God is to submit to Him. Say, okay, Lord. I will do what you're asking me to do. So understand what Jesus is saying. And this is our last point. The proof of being in the family of God is how well you hear and obey the Word of God. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's the fruit. Yeah. Is when we hear and obey the Word of God. The proof of being in the family of God is how well you hear and obey the Word of God. You call yourself a Christian? then you're going to follow the Word. You're going to be obeying the Word. Turn over to the right to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. In John 14, Jesus gives this out and it challenges us in our relationship with God. In John 14, verse 23. Verse 23 It says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that crazy? First of all, if you you really love God, then you'll keep my word, right? If we really love Jesus, we're going to keep, we're going to obey, we're going to submit ourselves to God's word. And then what will happen? Oh, we're going to come and love you and not that God doesn't. Love us, He loves us, of course, unconditionally, but the idea is he'll come and agape us and he'll come and be with us, we'll be connected with him. Well, he'll make well, well, well it says, uh, and make our home with him. We'll be dwelling together. We'll be in one family in that sense. So again, do you really hear what Jesus is saying? In a relationship, don't we listen to each other? Aren't we mindful of what the other person is saying? Aren't we mindful if, if, if they request something that, that, oh, yeah, we want to do that and we're submitted to one another? That's what God is saying. We need to not just hold our Bible, but hold our Bible in our hearts and obey and submit to what's saying here. We can come here and listen and do nothing, but it means nothing unless you do s- something about what. You hear, I read back a while back um, how a South Indiana woman smuggled meth inside uh, a prison by you know what putting it inside a Bible. Can you believe that? Uh, police say that she left the Bible for a male inmate at Jennings County Jail. She had drugs and cigarettes tucked in the bible 's binding um, and she was arrested she held she was um, held at a hundred thousand. Dollar bound bond held at the same jail but isn't that crazy to use the bible oh yeah i'm a christian here here's a bible but actually it was being used to smuggle drugs let's not just be a hearer but be a doer so jesus is calling out to us tonight as we close up here and we 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 got to hear yeah and it's not because he's he, he just wants to condemn us, but it's because He loves us, that's why. Because He wants that relationship with us. He wants the Word to have effect in our lives. He wants us to grow. He wants our, our roots to grow down deep. He wants us to grow closer. But the thing is, have we been resisting His voice? Have you been resisting? Are you really hearing tonight? Maybe you're connected online tonight, and you know what? Are you resisting his voice are you really hearing how jesus is calling out to you uh i want to put up a picture here during the renaissance uh, a william Hunt painted a famous work of art called the light of the world he was actually 21 years old and when he started he finished when he was 29 it shows jesus back then a super famous painting and you can see it shows jesus holding a lantern knocking on the door. And if you notice, the door hasn't been open for quite some time. There's some tall weeds that have grown in front of it. Uh, notice too, there's no handle on the door. It can only be open from the inside. And um, uh, it's really based on Revelation chapter 3, 20. When Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I'll make myself home with you. Right? Revelation 3.20. So it was based on that depiction. And I I always thought it was interesting. There's no handle on the outside because Jesus is going to wait for you to open the door from the inside. Uh, when I read this story when two little girls were looking at, at a similar picture like this one day. One asked, why don't they let Jesus in? The second girl replied, maybe they're in the basement and they can't hear him. You know what that makes me think of? Perhaps maybe you're in the basement of sin. Perhaps it's not just you can't hear him, but maybe you don't want to hear him. But Jesus is calling us tonight. Calling you to come back. Calling you to respond to his word. Calling you to open the door of your heart to him. Fully now. yeah, Fully in everything. To turn our lives around even more than before. And live for Jesus. And then show the proof you really hear. Let's pray. Lord.